electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the Nasdaq market side overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Mike Coe, and Pete Najarian, co-founder of MarketRebellion.com. Tonight on Fast, Bitcoin breaking out, the cryptocurrency soaring above $60,000. So where is it headed from here? The chart master standing by to break down the next key levels, plus our chart of the week. One of our traders has been recommending this stock for a while, but it's down more than 7% since Monday. How are they managing this trade? The name and the strategy straight ahead and later. We are gearing up for a huge week of earnings. Just take a look at that list. We'll uh, tell you the four names options traders are watching heading into next week. We start off with the straw that may have broken Facebook's back. Shares down another percent today, clocking in their fifth straight week of losses. That's tied for the longest losing streak in the company's history. The stock has been under pressure since that damning Wall Street Journal article detailing the impact Facebook's Instagram has on young girls. It is down 14 percent since that story was published. This is not just a consequence of broad tech sector weakness. Take a look at the queues down just 2% during the same time in the past. Facebook shares may have come away unscathed from everything from Cambridge Analytica to the election to GDPR, but $150 billion wiped off its market cap in just the past month. So we're asking, could things be different this time around? Tim, what do you say? Well, look, if you think back to June, July 2020, when a, a lot of the advertiser pullout seemed like another one of those major tests for Facebook, it tested down 7 to 10 percent, maybe 12 percent, uh, depending on when you're taking your measurements. And, and look, stock stormed back and stormed back for a lot of different reasons, mostly just because uh, it's the only game in town in terms of sheer scale in ad growth. The ad growth, what's going on in e-commerce and digital ad is nothing short of extraordinary for all the secular reasons we don't need to spend time on. And, and, and Facebook like, is at the front of the line. Uh, you know, again, ad pricing up 43% last quarter. So this is where investors, uh, I think, look past the noise. We've talked all the time, Guy talks about, we all talk about why Facebook um, has bigger social issues and potentially at some point it may not be able to kind of fend off um, ESG or, or just people walking with their feet. Uh, look, that, that Instagram article is damning. Facebook saying, uh, we're just learning about this. We're concerned when, in fact, arguably they had this information. They have this information. Um, I, I, you know, for me, I look at the stock, uh, which reports in two weeks, uh, trading inside of 20 times forward earnings. So, you know, if you put 1650 a share where the street is somewhere around there, um, this is a stock that's, yeah, at 18 and a half times forward. Very, very cheap. I think the bounce off the 200 day is something you're actually buying here. And I think it's overdone. So hold your nose, Pete. Hold your nose yeah. and buy. Pete, what do you say? You agree? I tend to agree 100% with Tim on this. I, I, I'll tell you what, Mel, obviously this is not something anybody's proud of, of exactly what happened here and why the stock is under pressure. But that's happened to Facebook on so many different occasions, and we all know it, and, and Tim just went through a list of some of those different issues that have happened in the past. 98% of their revenue comes from advertisement. We all know that. Instagram is just this unbelievable growth vehicle underneath the Facebook app because you've got Facebook, you have like Instagram, all these various areas. We talk about these vertical all the time. 
The important part is this is the growth area of, of Facebook. This is where they're really getting more and more and more, and particularly in the crowd that's underneath 35 years of age. So when you look at this, I still think they're the biggest, the baddest. They've got the scale, as Tim just pointed out, and I agree with him. And when you look at that P.E. level, where it is right now. Now, Mel, this has been an unbelievable run for this stock for a really long period of time. Obviously, this pullback is fully understood on why and what the pressure is that's on Facebook right now. I am convinced that they will come out and they will give us some great reasons on what they're going to be doing forward so we won't see this again. Now, is it a little bit late? Absolutely it is. But I think even despite that, I think people will then re-embrace just like they did just last year, a year ago, during all the issues that they had then. And I think people will embrace it once again because of the scale, because of the strength, and because Facebook is just this behemoth that at a 20, 20 PE, this is cheap. It's way too cheap, and I think people are willing to own it. I was actually surprised, Grasso, that there weren't any boycotts um, surrounding uh, this, the, in, the research that Facebook has done in the impact for girls. I mean, brands are so hyper aware of their social sort of influence in society these days that, uh, you know, I was surprised we didn't see any fallout there. Maybe that's a good sign for, for Facebook in that this is not a boycottable issue and this is just something that you sort of skate by. Yeah, so I agree with what Tim and Pete said, uh, specifically a couple of days ago when Tim uh, talked about, he, he mentioned that it bounced off the 200 day. It did it almost to the penny. So this is, that's a technical setup is excellent in Facebook. And then when, when the, you know, the comment on the 2020 uh, issue that we had uh, as well, I was saying buy that dip. I'm not saying buy this dip now. The, the problem is I'm conflicted because if, they say, if the regulators say, let's break it up, the stock moves higher. If the regulators say, make some fixes, the stock could move higher. But the problem I have is that the way you led it to me, when you start to know about the effects, the negative effects it's having on children, that's a world-class problem. That's a generational problem. That's an everybody problem. For me, I can't buy the stock on that. So uh, is it the, the straw that breaks its back? Uh, I, 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 the, I don't know. Is it out to lunch? I, I, you could see how conflicted it I am sounds, with this. It sounds they, like you I, think it is. It's because you just outlined a win-win-win situation <laughs> where Facebook wins no matter what. Together, broken up, stock still goes higher. And yet you are saying that it, it is because of the impact on young girls that it, it could change the, the course of this story. Mike, do you agree with that? Or do you think that Facebook is impervious to all of this? So, uh, you know, I really think that Steve was kind of hitting on the critical issue, which is not whether or not the story is distasteful, whether the truth of the matter is distasteful, but whether or not it's going to have an impact, a meaningful impact on their business. There are other commercial services out there. There are other businesses out there that have similarly been distasteful. I mean, a lot of people have discussed in the past whether certain magazines and other publications also impacted people's uh, basically how they felt about themselves and whether or not it was truly healthy. That seems to be the dilemma here with Facebook. But, I mean, in its publicly traded history, it has traded at a discount to its current valuation really on only two prior occasions. That was the fourth quarter of 2018. And then, of course, during the pandemic, um, you know, all three of these guys are right. I mean, the thing based on its growth and, uh, you know, its position in the marketplace, it would be hard to describe it as anything but cheap. So, 
you know, you asked a question originally, do you hold your nose and buy it? And of course, if it's distasteful, then that's what you have to do. But uh, I actually think that, you know, the downside is probably fairly limited from here. I think that's an interesting point that Mike brought up, Tim, in, in that, you know, there are publications that face the same sort of criticism. It might be, you know, Seventeen magazine years and years ago criticized for how they portrayed young <laughs> women. Um, but the thing is that they control their content. And this is an example where it is a this is a platform business. They don't necessarily control how many photos um, of of young girls, you know, looking thin, looking whatever it is that that is influencing how young women look at themselves. They don't have control over that content. It is what it is. It is what is posted on on the platform. And so is this maybe a more difficult situation to navigate because of that? They don't have ultimately that control. Yes, but but they they are in a position to enact controls. And and look, this is uh, some of the smartest people uh, writing uh, writing code out there. And 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 the fact that they always seem to be a step behind, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. Um, and and they always seem to be kind of uh, you know shrugging their shoulders and saying we're sorry. You know what can we do now after major moments in our country's history? And this is a major moment because the good news here is that social media. I guess we're in 3.0, 4.0. I don't know. Um, but we are aware of the deleterious effects on our society, and, and Facebook has to answer to them. Um, Facebook is certainly benefiting all the way. Something else we're not talking about, though, which was something else that may be at least somewhat part of this, is some dent in the growth that we're, you know, we haven't really talked about the iOS 14.5 mm-hmm. uh, conversions and the underreporting of about 15%. We're going to be watching that number and the forecast going into the fourth quarter. So, again, a cheap stock, and there's, it's got some room to take some hits. Um, because it's still growing at 25% on a, you know, a kager for the next three years. But don't forget about that issue. That's something else people have been focused on. Yeah, that is a key issue when it comes to a lot of these platforms, um, Pete. So how do you view that? Is that sort of the, a big question mark? I mean, if you can put aside some of the, you know, whatever controversy surrounding the impact on children and young girls, but you take a look at this issue, which is a fundamental issue, which is an actual change that impacts not just Facebook, but a lot of other um, platforms. How do you view that? You know, it's really interesting, Mel. I, th- I think that Facebook, the, the interesting part about what they're, what they're doing, and they kind of sidestep everything, as Tim mentioned. So I don't think they're going to continue to be able to do that. I think at some point in time, that is going to be something that they've got to address. And obviously, we, we know that there's a lot of different forms of security that they've got to run through, and they have to do a much better job. They know how to do the job. They just don't want to do the job the first time. They always wait for the government to step in. And I think that that's that's one of the issues. But, you know, what are the penalties for that? We've already seen in the past where they've, they've taken capital that they absolutely are going to fire and say, you know what, we're going to fix this problem. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw $5 billion at it, and we're going to make this a much better, better process. I think that's exactly what they're going to continue to do. And I'm not saying it's always the right thing ethically, but financially they have been obviously having a lot of success. This stock was just at highs back in June. So let's not forget about that. 380 or something like that, I think, was right around the high, high end before this big pullback. So I think there's a lot of different areas where they've got to make some decisions if they're going to do the right thing or not. But for right mm-hmm. now, at least, I think this is a stock that has room to the upside. I'll ask this question to the tormented one on the panel, and that, of course, would be Stephen Grasso. <laughs> um, if, if you think that this could actually impact Facebook, do you invest away from Facebook? In other words, do you go to where the advertisers might skate to next? Yeah, I think Google. Google has the best chart in the space 
Facebook is uh, very close to beaten up and oversold on an RSI. It's, it's registering at a 33. But I think Google is the natural choice. So whatever Facebook loses with this event with, with uh, the uh, young kids, Google would probably gain in my mind. All right. Coming up, the Bitcoin breakout, the cryptocurrency cracking above $60,000 soar, new highs ahead. The chart master is here to map out the next move. And later, our chart of the week, one of the traders has been recommending this stock for a while here on Fast, but it's down 7% this week. So what's he doing now? We'll break down the trade. We're live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. Fast Money's back right after this. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a Bitcoin alert. Uh, the crypto breaking above $60,000 for the first time since April. The move comes as the SEC appears close to approving the first ever Bitcoin futures ETF. Bitcoin getting a further boost in the last hour after Jack Dorsey tweeted that Square is considering building a crypto mining system. So Bitcoin sitting at its highest level in six months. Where is it headed from here? Let's get to the chart master, Carter Worth of Worth Charting to break it down. Hey, Carter. How are you? Sort of a very uh, dynamic day in Bitcoin, actually down uh, sharply here just in the last few minutes, having been up sharply. I have simple two charts. Let's let's look at them. The first one way to draw the lines. We know that uh, the sell off that stopped this summer found the trend line that was in effect since the pandemic low bounced to the penny. And we have moved above the downward sloping um, or converging lines, call it a wedge, call it a triangle, it doesn't matter. And, and so that is a breakout above that thing. The second chart is really what to consider. So do we or don't we exceed the prior high? Now, what we know, if you look back there on the lower left, after that 60% sell-off from the pandemic, when we recovered, it took us a while to actually break out. Right? So the rule of thumb is, it doesn't matter whether it's Bitcoin or stock XYZ or currency or commodity, when you first approach a former high, before you can exceed it, you contend with it. So after a 64% sell-off in the pandemic low, it took three months for Bitcoin to actually move above its pre-COVID level. So here we are now back at the April 14th high, that's 64,870. We got as high as 62 and change, 63 today. And so the presumption is, that you back and fill or back away before you actually exceed the high. It is something that happens more often than not. All right. Carter, thank you. Carter Worth of Worth Charting. We'll see you a little bit later on in the show. Um, Tim, where do you stand on Bitcoin and, and your other holdings in crypto, actually, Ethereum, et cetera? Well, well Mel, I mean, Mel, do you remember who had the number one pick in the CNBC stock draft? Do you remember who that was? 
You mean this past season? I mean, no. this, the, the one that's going yes, on right this, now? The, the, the one that's going on right now. You're looking at them, all right, yeah, in case you, you? forgot. Okay. Um, and there was, the, <laughs> and it was, it was, obviously it was a highly coveted pick because everybody wanted Bitcoin, even though it had only rallied, you know, it already, you know, it was up, I, I don't know, 60% already to that point in the year. Um, and, and so my point simply is, yes, I did draft it. Uh, it was not necessarily in character, um, but that stock since that point is up 20 percent. And, and the, the pullback that we saw from the first high, um, while, yes, there were moments and there were some headlines, everything from China to, to regulatory pressure, it, 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 you never got the sense that there was an institution out there that owned Bitcoin that wanted to sell it and that people were looking for opportunities to buy on the way back here. So um, the charts have been technical and they've handled it. The biggest dynamic here is that the regulators are, are not eschewing. They're, they're actually finding a way to regulate. That's the best thing ever for, for Bitcoin. And, and again, uh, the institutional community wants to see this. More talk of Bitcoin ETFs, more talk of the SEC means more moves of Bitcoin going higher. What does it mean for the broader uh, positioning across crypto? Obviously, very, very strong. And it obviously means uh, we're looking for second and third level Bitcoin plays, um, which I think a lot of people see are, are certainly as Ethernet at this point. Are you number one in the draft right now? I mean, are you are you in first place in the competition? Well, no. Look, Mel, we we we, we have to pick two <laughs> stocks or securities. Yes, I, I My know. other one's That's not going quite as well. Okay. All right. So, all right. Just want a clarification. Right. Well, we, we I'm not trying to pick accountable on you here. or anything like that or take you down. Yep. Just want a clarification for no. our audience. <laughs> um, the the announcement by Jack Dorsey is interesting. That Square may get into Bitcoin mining, and I wouldn't think that that would have an impact on some of those Bitcoin mining stocks, Grasso, that have been super levered to Bitcoin. Yeah, so I just pulled up one on my screen, Marathon Digital. The stock is up 368%. And the chart is not, is, is, is not uh, that egregious to the upside. If you're looking to play something that really has the beta and the torque, I know, I know you like that word, torque in the uh, stock chart, um, I would play Mara, M-A-R-A, because it's priced at $48 and, and change. And you don't, you don't have to worry about a $62,000 uh, coin or a $68,000 coin. If Bitcoin is going up, and I do believe it is, and most of the people on this desk believe it is, especially the, the man who's number one in the stock picking all-stars, I, I, I do believe that this thing is going to probably 100000 eventually, then Mara is going to rip higher aggressively. I don't think I've ever used the word torque on air. Um, my co-word, what do you no, think of Bitcoin? No, you have it. You, you, always, you always get mad at me. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, they've got a couple things going on. I mean, the more credible players adopt it formally, I mean, obviously, Square could be one of those. But the more of that you see, obviously, that's going to be a positive. Uh, and, of course, you know, we know that the definition of inflation is, is too much money chasing too few goods. Well, you know, the amount of Bitcoin is limited, seemingly, uh, fiat currencies are not, so that obviously is uh, is a tailwind. And then, of course, there's momentum itself. That would obviously be another reason why you might expect that if it breaks out, it could go substantially higher. And I expect that if it does encounter some resistance, which seems reasonable given what what uh, Carter was talking about and just what we know about uh, you know investor behavior. But if it does break out of those levels, I, I think the hundred thousand number that Steve just talked about is certainly within reach. And not everything, by the way, that is closely tied to it uh, is seeing the same highs. You know, Michael Saylor, obviously a huge Bitcoin bull. MicroStrategy is well off of its all-time highs. You know, 
having an ETF that is tied to the futures of uh, Bitcoin obviously would be one way for equity market participants mm. to give themselves exposure. Uh, Steve talked obviously about another one, but MicroStrategy is, is another as well. All right. Up next, we will reveal the chart of the week. The stock is down 7% since Monday. And one of our traders has been recommending this name. He'll tell us how he is navigating this trade. Do not go anywhere. You're watching Fast Money live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. Back right after this. Welcome back. If you haven't signed up for the CNBC Investment Club newsletter, you're missing out. Have Jim Cramer delivered right to your inbox. All the information to register is right there on your screen. Well, it's time to reveal our chart of the week. This stock is down 7% since Monday. It's Westrock, the consumer packaging manufacturer. We call your attention to it because this is a name that Grasso has been recommending on the show. So, Grasso, you stick by this one? Yeah, so, I, so not only do I stick by it, I bought more today. So the, the reason what hit the stock was the container board data um, hit the market today. But that is backward-looking data, and that was prior to September or up till September. The company on September 13th spoke at a conference for Credit Suisse. They reaffirmed guidance at that conference and said that they were buying back stock. Everything is in the price at $52 back then. It was a $52 trading number. Right off of that conference, the market sold off. This stock sold off with it. And what did it do? It rallied right back to 52. Now this old data hits the market, and I do believe it, it is old, and the, and the uh, stock sold off. I took this as a, uh, as a gift from the market gods. I believe the stock will be above 50 uh, in very short order, maybe in the next two mm -hmm. weeks. It's an interesting thesis um, in terms of why one would be in it, uh, Pete Nigerian. Everybody's shipping things everywhere, but uh, raw material prices are also going higher. And I don't know how much box makers, packaging makers have the ability to raise prices. I don't know. Where, where do you stand on this? I, I, I don't know either, Mel. I mean, I think that is the issue is, are they able to pass along that price increase that we're seeing? Because we all know what's happened with copper. We all know what's happened with a lot of the material space. It's been extremely strong, continues to get stronger. And I just don't know enough whether or not they can keep up with that kind of pricing that they've got to make. So right now I'd be on the sidelines on this one, but I trust Steve. So if he's, if he's grabbing more, I have to relook at this name. All right, time for the final trade. Let's go around this horn. Um, Steve, what do you say? Well, I'd, I'd be dumb if I said anything but West Rock, WRK. <laughs> Could have said something else. Tim. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'd like to say Torque, but it, it, you know, I'm going to say Disney instead. And I think you have a case here where there's some discussion about an ESPN spinoff. That's not, I, I don't think, in the cards, but it's certainly not why I'd be buying this name, Disney. Pete. I'm going to give you tech resources. I think this entire space, the material space, has a lot more room to the upside. Mike Coe. Uh, I like BMW. They're also innovating in the electric car space, and we don't talk about them very often, and the stock's well off of its highs and trading at a good, cheap valuation. All right, Mike's going to stick around. It does it for us here on Fast Money for the week. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.